0: that me okay (laughs) okay sorry I thought there was one more song (laughs) okay morning everyone welcome to our worship service this morning uh it's really glad I'm really glad that you're here and it's good good to be here with the church um if you're new here today uh I am not the uh regular pulpit minister here that's Ross and he's on our mission trip uh with a large group down in uh, Mexico City right now but boy I am glad to be back um Michelle Michelle and I got in on Thursday night, uh, late Thursday night, 4th of July, about midnight, and uh, so we had a couple of days to kind of get back in the groove, but if I make any mistakes, which I'm going to blame it on jet lag, okay? I don't know about that. But, you know, this trip, Michelle and I, we've been gone since about May 21st, about a month and a half, and in some ways I feel like you know, when Jesus sent out the 72 and they got back and they came back and it says they were overjoyed at all the things that God had done. Or when Paul came back from his first missionary journey, he came and reported back to the church all that God had had done there. So I really kind of feel like that. You know, when you go on a trip like this or like we did, you make a schedule, you, you kind of know what you're going to do, but the schedule goes different. And let me t- tell you a story right at the beginning that was indicative of this whole trip. Has to do with airplanes. We were flying. Michelle and I, in this case, were flying from Cyprus to Turkey. We were on a single single aisle jet, three seats on both sides. We got in. I moved over toward the window, and Michelle was on the aisle. We had a blank, an empty seat right in, right beside us, and so people had already gotten on. And we thought, okay, hey, we're gonna have a little bit of extra room on this flight. Well. A few minutes later, the stewardess comes up to us. And she says, uh, excuse me, but you're in the wrong seats. And I thought, no way. I never get in the wrong seat. But we were. We had to move back one. So I looked behind me, and uh, there's a man sitting in the middle seat in the row right behind us. So, okay, he gets out, and then I move in, and then he gets back in, and Michelle gets in. But soon after we got right in, um, this guy was pretty friendly, started talking to us. And then for that next hour and a half, it's about an hour and a half flight, we were engaged with this man in conversation. It seems like that flight lasted about two minutes. I mean, I've never had that experience on a flight before. I'm usually watching things that are going on around me. But it seemed like that conversation was, was so consuming for those hour and a half. And as I talked to him, I was telling him a little bit about what, you know, what we were doing. He was kind of curious and, you know, we were, since we we're going to Turkey and we had been coming from Cyprus, which is in a part that's controlled by Turkey, we had been told that be careful about using the M word, which is missionary. So, I, you know, I got a little bit cautious there as I was talking to him, but about only oh, 15 minutes into the conversation, he looks at me and he says, are you a missionary? You know, and I go, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think I said something like, kind of, you know, something like that. So we kept going and he's still interested and, and I was telling him a little bit about Cyprus and... And a little bit about Athens because we'd just come from Cyprus, you know, and Paul, the first, his first spot on his missionary journey was right there in Cyprus, and then he went on to Athens a little bit later. And we were reading the Book of Acts, and we got to the place where it says, "Yeah, Paul preached to them the kingdom of God and Jesus and the resurrection." And he looked at me and he said, uh, "Like you're doing to me right now?" And I said, "Yeah, that's right, you know." And so I can we continued with him and we preached the gospel to him, and all of a sudden the flight was over, and. Uh, you know, he got out of that plane before we did. He went his way, and we had to turn off another way, and I never saw him again. But that kind of thing is indicative. But the good thing about that, on my phone, I got his email address, and I've, we're having conversations with him right now. So who knows where that's going to lead? And I know it can lead to great things, but that's just kind of indicative of what this trip was about. So first of all, let me just say thank you to everybody. I know a lot of you contributed and helped some of the people that went on this trip with, with funds and, and prayers, so thank you to everyone who did that, and thank you to everyone who went. We have a few pictures of the people who went, so the first place we went was Tanzania, so we had the Tanzania group up there. There were uh, seven of us that went to Tanzania, and that was, if I can get the names and see the pictures up there, but that was Leland and Mark and Scott. And Anna and Jabari. So uh, that was the first group that went out. And let's go to the next slide. The second group was the Greece group. And that was uh, Brandon and Lecky and Macy and Hannah and Trent. And then on the third trip, which we weren't on but was gone the same time we were, that was the trip of the people that went to Haiti. That was David and Bonnie and Casey and Holly and Kathy and Caroline. So it's a pretty big group, and then we have almost the same number of people right now that left yesterday. They're down in I don't have a picture of them. But they're down in Mexico City right now, probably worshiping at the same time we are, I would assume. So if you're here and you went on any of these trips, could you stand right now? I know some will be in second service. But if you went on those first trips, could you stand? So it shows a little bit there. Yeah, thanks, everybody's going. So let me just say something about these people. Um, man, it was, they were great. They all did wonderful in everything that we did. They were encouraging to each other. We were troopers. and They were troopers It got tough. We got tired sometimes. We had late nights. But everybody kept going and stayed and soldiered on and, and I think, did what we went and planned to do. And just let me say also about something about the teams. Um, you know, it was a group effort. It wasn't like somebody was doing anything more important than all the others. Everybody contributed and participated and all had an important part. No matter if it was speaking or whether it was serving or whether it was washing dishes or whatever we were doing, everybody had an important role. So I think of it like Paul, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where he says, whether he's talking about him and Apollos, he said, really, uh, we're just all servants of God. And really, we're not anything. It's the important thing is God. He gets, he gets glorified. He's the one that causes the growth here in all that we do. So um, praise God for, for all the people that went. Now I just want to start out here with our prayer of thanks. Uh, our God, our Father in heaven, uh, we just thank you today for being able to be here with the church and being back with them. Uh, Thank you for your mission, thank you for sending people, thank you for people saying yes and going, Uh, thank you for all the good that was done and the trips that's happened so far, thank you for the people who are in Mexico City right now and probably worshiping the same time we are, so I pray that you'll be with them, empower them to do the job, the mission that they went down there to do. We thank you and bless our time together here, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the title of the message today, I'm going to review some of the things that we did, but the title of our message today is Sent. Uh, I'm going to say that God is a sending God. And you think about in the Bible how many people got sent, and there are a lot. You, you go back to the beginning, you have, you have Abraham being sent down to the land, the new far land that he went to. You have Moses being sent back to Egypt to deliver the people. You have Joshua being sent to lead the armies of God into, into the land of Canaan. You have Jonah being sent to Nineveh to preach to them. And you get to the New Testament, you have Jesus sending, before, before he sent them out at the end, you have Jesus sending out the twelve to preach the kingdom of God you have him sending out the 72 you have Paul being chosen and being sent to the Gentiles and in him really sending people to all different kinds of places after he got going on his missions and really the and the passage that I want to dwell on here for just a minute and read to you is in John chapter 20 and this may be the main one for somebody who was sent John chapter 20 verse 19 on the on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said in verse 21 Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. God sent Jesus, Jesus sends them. Jesus also sends us now we all have the chance to say yes or no and all those people I mentioned while ago had the opportunity to say yes I'll go or no I won't but they all said yes now some were a little bit reluctant you know like Moses a little bit reluctant uh Jonah was really reluctant but God can be a persuasive God but in the end we have the option to say yes my hope my prayer is that we More of us will say, yes, yes, I will go. In Acts chapter 14 or Acts chapter 13, we have Paul being sent out on his first missionary journey. And the church was gathered together and they were praying. This is Acts chapter 13, verse 2. It says this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them out. Time of worship, they're praying, and and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit somehow selects Barnabas and Saul to be sent out. And after that, the church fasted, they prayed, they prayed for them, and they laid hands on them, and they sent them out. So I'm going to say something like that happened here. I mean, over 40 of us, have gone out or going out, and probably more will go out later. You guys said yes. We support you. You you prayed for us. You laid hands upon us, and you sent us out. And prayer, we have to say, is an important part of this whole mission. Um, at the beginning of the mission, being laid, having our hands laid on, and all the prayers that accompanied us, accompanied us while we were there. Man, we just thank God for that. And we say that's so important for all that we're doing. And even on the trip, I know we had some people who were prayer warriors here and prayer warriors there. I think on the Tanzanian trip, on the Greece trip, we had people like Anna. I know Michelle was doing a lot of praying for our group. Uh, I think those are key factors in some of the successes that we had. So we never want to discount the power of prayer and what that means to us. What do we do on these trips? Well, I promise you. Sometimes I've, I've called these trips, we call these trips go trips, but these were indeed missional trips, I promise you. We, we preached. I mean, I think we preached the gospel more than any other trip I've ever been on in my life. I mean, we preached to individuals, we preached to small groups, we preached to large groups. I mean, we preached on the, on the, on the planes, on the trains, uh, on, the, on the buses. I mean we preached in the cities, in the villages, in the streets, I mean in the in the parks, in the squares. We spread when we sowed the seed of the God, the seed of the Word of God, the kingdom of God and Jesus. I mean I know some of those seeds landed probably on I know they did on some of the on the paths, some landed on the the rocky soil, some on the 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 thorny soil, but some, I know, landed on the good soil and started to produce fruit. And hopefully will produce much more. So praise God that we were able to do that. Lives are starting to be changed. Our lives are changed. You know, when I, one thing for me that happens to me almost every time that I go on a trip like this, and this time more because we were gone about 44 days. You know, I'm so engulfed or consumed by what we're doing whether it be preaching or teaching or serving or you know, having my mind wrapped around lessons or thoughts that were going to have to be said in a while. I just get so caught up in being on mission, I just forget about everything that distracts me while I'm here in the United States. And things distract me here. And I think that's just part of the, how Satan works here in our country We get distracted by, you know, the things we have to do around the house or or sports kinds of things or even in the office. But there, it's totally different. Your own mission for, for two weeks or three weeks or how long it is, and it's just a different kind of experience. I wish that everybody could experience that in some way. I would have characterized this trip by three things, evangelism, discipleship, and probably compassion. Evangelism, discipleship, and compassion. Two verses there. I mean, a couple of verses that describe it would definitely be Matthew 28. You know, there's five commands in Matthew 28. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them to obey. I think all those things were happening on this trip. And, of course, the, another good passage like that, I think, that was happening, and we heard was happening, it was in 2 Timothy 2.2, wonderful passage. And the things Paul says to Timothy and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So it's Paul to Timothy to other people who will also teach other people. That's discipleship and making disciples. That's what we were trying to do on this trip. First trip to Tanzania. We primarily went there to see and be around our, our water well drilling operation. You know, you guys contributed over $50,000 last time to the drilling of these water wells. And so we visited, our group there, seven of us, we visited 10 different water well sites. I counted them up. Now, some of them were different. Sometimes we just saw, we took us to a place and all we saw was a little stick in the ground underneath a rock or something. And they had been surveyed. And he just showed us where it was about to be put. But we also told it was a GPS coordinate. So it wasn't all, it wasn't just a stick. So they knew where it was. And other ones, we saw a pipe coming out of the ground because they had already drilled it and they were waiting for like a pump test. And other times we saw the well. One of the wells I think you saw in a picture a while ago was a nice foundation. The well was on top, the fence was around it and it was working and people were drinking water out of it. So we praise God that the money's being used To drill these wells now, there there was it slowed down just a little bit for us because there has been some change in the organization, the drilling company that we work with. But it's still being done, so people are getting fresh, clean, healthy water. And the good, another good thing about this is, I was hoping would happen in five of these locations. um, We're drilling in nearby villages where we don't have churches, and I was hoping to find out that we're actually. These wells are contributing to the outreach and to the different communities. And I'm so happy to report that in all five of these nearby communities, we have preaching points going on. So I'm hopeful that we will have different churches or fight for new churches in these other areas because of the wells. Another thing about Tanzania, we heard on more than one occasion that this idea of discipleship. Somebody would stand up and they'd say, oh, we're, we're glad you missionaries came at the beginning because... You taught him and he has taught this guy and here's another guy. He's, he's down there and he's being taught too. It's the Second 2 Timothy 2, 2 principle, people teaching others who will lead others. So we're so happy to see that and hear that. And, of course, one thing that I read, I wrote about in the blog. I mean, this was a different experience for us. I mean, we had, Jabari, we had Jabari with us, and they had never seen anybody like Jabari in our group. I've always brought white people over, but he was the first time we brought a, an African-American with us and somebody who can sing like him, and he just energized us. He energized us as a group, and, and people responded in a way uh, that I've never seen before. So that was an amazing thing. And In that, that group, we had people from the age 22 to 70. And Leland was our 70-year-old in that group. And, uh, man, he did. everybody did great in what they said. But Leland, I mean, he got up there on, on a number of occasions, and he started, you know, he would talk, and they would translate. And I remember one occasion especially, like, after every sentence that was translated, people were just <coughs> clapping, you know, that, what's going on here? Well, somehow he was saying things that people were really responding to. So, man, incredible trip to Tanzania this time. After Tanzania, the um, group went home, and, uh, and then Michelle and I stayed in Dar for a little while to be with our son and daughter-in-law and grandkids. <laughs> and then we flew up to Turkey. And the reason we were going to Turkey is just because we have some contacts there and we want to take a group there. So we were just checking it out to make sure it might be an okay place. But one thing that happened to me in Turkey uh, the first day we got there, we only stayed a couple of days, Michelle and I had gone out to get something to eat and I was on the way back and I, st- I started feeling bad. And I said, Michelle, I don't, I don't think I can, I started walking and like my energy levels went down to like zero. And I thought, I don't think I can make it back to the apartment. I mean, and I started thinking about, well, we're halfway through this. How in the world am I going to make it through the rest of this trip? You know, and I had a number of health issues on this, on this trip uh, that were, it's a little bit different than in the past. But thank God, you know, like David says in the Psalms many times, he delivered me and helped me get through it. So we went on, a few days there, we went on down to Cyprus. You know, Cyprus is a little island right there close to Israel. And it's one of the, it's the first island that Paul went to on his first missionary journey. We had a contact there. And, uh, we we met this person a year ago when we were coming home from another trip and we've been communicating with her so we decided to go there and my dream or my hope was that this person she's a student would be able to gather other friends around her and we we're gonna be there for three days and we we're gonna have Bible studies every day we we're gonna get there on a Sunday have a worship and Bible study and I mean just have an incredible time well It didn't quite happen like I thought it was going to happen as usual. Um, But first of all, before that, Michelle said, as we were going there, she said she had a dream. She had a dream of five people. I thought, okay, maybe five, at least five people are going to be with us. But we got there early Sunday morning. I think we woke up our person we were supposed to stay with. And, you know, instead of it being a day of Bible study and worship, um, it didn't turn out like that at all. I mean, we sat around and um, unbelievably... I watched, we watched Mr. Bean on television, this British sitcom, you know, it was was a strange thing, but things got better as we went along. We knew that she was going to be working the next day. She introduced us to her brother and her brother's friend, and uh, we stayed with them that next day, started talking to them. Uh, We also got introduced to a Nigerian. In the end, we had five people we were working with. There were three Iranians, one Nigerian, and one Russian lady that was there that we ended up talking to. And in the end, the three, the three Iranians uh, Iranians were baptized. We baptized them in a pool right there in this place we were staying. And, and the one baptism, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I didn't take any pictures because, you know, it's um, for them, sometimes they put their pictures up when they're from Iran and It's risky to go back, so we didn't take any pictures. But we did video the girl's baptism on her phone so she could see it. Her baptism, it was in a pool uh, outside late at night. Uh, was one of the most special baptisms. that Michelle and I, I mean, I baptize a lot of people, you know, but this is one of the most special baptisms we've ever experienced. It's because of her reaction coming up out of the water and her, the things that she said about being feeling refreshed and new and forgiven. And we had a time with her afterward uh, prayer. It was an amazing thing, her baptism. Now, the two boys, theirs was a little bit different too. We studied, studied with them all day the second day. And right when they got to the point where they were, ready to make their decision, I was telling them more about the resurrection. And, and one of them said, he said, I said, do you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead? And he said, no. He said, how can I? I? He said, I wasn't there, you know, or something like that. And so, you know, we continued to talk about it. And finally he said, yes, we believe. And we were going to go down. We had a time limit, though, because they had to go to work. And also there was a storm coming. We were on the seventh floor of this building. I could see there was a storm coming. They said, let's go. We can make it. So we got our towels, got our swimsuits on, and got down there. And as soon as we got down to the bottom floor, boom, and the rain hit. Big lightning bolts hit right outside. And I thought, well, maybe we should wait and let this pass just a little bit. So we went back up to the room. Went back up to the room, and we stood up there about 30 minutes. And you would think we'd go back up there to maybe to pray and sing or something, but we played Jenga. We played Jenga for 30 <laughs> minutes, but it was still okay. The rain was almost past. We went back down, baptized those two in the pool, and it was an incredible experience, too. So those three, their baptisms, we're still in contact with them, a great experience in Cyprus. From Cyprus, we went to Athens. We got there a day before the group came, the group came uh, and then uh, we met them uh, at the, uh, there in the city, and then we spent two weeks inside in Athens working with refugees. Now, let me tell you, the experience in Athens was none like I've ever had I've been on a lot of short-term mission trips never experienced the thing that we did in Athens all the different things well, the missional aspect of it. and I think it's because mainly uh we were with Daniel Daniel Witt who organized the thing for us and we were with Brandon and Michelle really uh, in outreach now and everybody was focused on that so all that we did it seemed like was was missional outreach all almost all of it uh, working with refugees I promise you, everybody on that, probably everybody on the mission, on the Tanzanian trip, and everybody on the Athens trip, everybody has a story about what impacted them on on these trips. Today, I'm kind of giving you my version of it. So let me just share with you one thing about that Athens trip. One of the things we did, and some other people, I think this impacted them too, we had a chance to go out to these camps. Uh, Some of the refugees are still in camps outside the city, so we got on this train And went an hour outside the city to visit this camp of about 250 people. We went, the third day we were there, we went on a Saturday. And the funny thing that happened on that one going out, we we were kind of late getting to the train. The train left at 10.51. We were late getting there almost, so we were rushing to get it. So I bought the tickets. I bought a one-way ticket thinking that when we get there, we'll buy another one-way ticket coming back. So we got on the train. We found out when the train was already going, I asked somebody, and they said, you know what? Uh, there's no ticket station where you're getting off. so you can't buy a ticket coming back. <laughs> so I thought, well, how are we going to get back? <laughs> so anyway, it turns out we were able to buy tickets from the conductor <laughs> on the way back, so we made it back. So we went out there that day on Saturday, had incredible experience. And then um, we went back again the next Saturday. And the one thing about this camp that was strange is you're not supposed to go in there. I mean, from Monday through Friday, they have security at the gates and you can't go in. But we were going with this Korean lady who was about 60 years old and some of her Iranian friends. I said, well, how do you go into the camp? She said, well, on Saturday and Sunday, the security goes home, and you can just go in. So we were able to get into the camp on Saturday and Sunday. We just just walk in. It's a camp of Afghan, mainly a camp of Afghan refugees. We split up in three teams going out, and every team had a different experience. I'm going to tell you about one experience that Michelle and I had because we were with this Korean lady and two Iranians on the second day, we, on the second time we went. We went in, and for the first two hours of being there in this camp, what we did was we, we'd go to different, different tents or different little cubicles where people were staying, and, uh, and they're usually to contacts that she had already made. We didn't, couldn't just go there and preach. She, she warned us about saying anything really overtly about Jesus and things like that. Because um, we were mainly all Muslim, mainly. And uh, so, anyhow, for the first two hours, we sat and mainly in one place listening to this man, this seemingly angry man, talk about how he was so mad at the countries and religion because of the suffering that his family had to go through. I mean, we couldn't say anything. We didn't have a good translator there. I mean, I wanted, it's one of those situations, where I wanted to say something, but we couldn't. Two hours, and I just sat there and I was thinking, you know, yeah, just, and I felt like I came to this conclusion just because we are here, our presence there, I believe was important to her and what she was doing. And it made me just realize that most of the time I'm the one who gets to speak, you know, I'm the one who's up front. But I think everybody experiences that thing where you're just sitting there, you're not doing anything. But it, I, it emphasized to me that you should never think that. Because on any of these trips, just your presence there is an important factor. And I realized that. And then we, after that, though, we went to another place. We went to a house where we had been the week before. And there was a young man, wife, and a young lady. And we found out from her, from them, just in that one week, that the next day they were going to try to go to Germany. They, the, the, they, the wife and the child were trying to go to Germany. They all try to, they're all trying to do something like get out of the camps, go to another country, and mainly Germany. And we found out how it kind of happened to her. She had some relatives up there somewhere in Germany, I believe, and they had raised a lot of money to get her there, but she lacked about 2,000 uh, 2, euros, about a little over $2,000. Between the time that we had seen her, the, in the week before, she had gone to church somewhere, and she had prayed a prayer like this. "God, got Jesus, and she's a Muslim. If you're really Jesus, provide a way for me to go here somewhere. Somebody gave them $2,000 or 2,000 euros for her to make that amount work. And you know, I tell that story because I've heard it more than one occasion from Muslims praying prayers like that. Show up, Jesus, show, show up here. Show me that you're really Jesus by doing something. And when those kind of prayers are answered, man, it changes their, their outlook on things and changes their views about who they're going to follow. Well, that was an incredible experience. We went to one more place in that camp that day. Uh, The person was gone. We had brought them some medicine, but they weren't there. So we went to another one more place. We knocked on the door. It's the last one. And I was worried about this one because I knew something about these people. This lady opened the door and she was smiling and she invited us in. And what was so critical about that is that the week before on the train back to Athens, we had met a young boy about 15 years old and talked to him the whole time. And he told us that, hey, he lives in... I said, we're coming back next week. He said, he's, he's in uh, room number so-and-so. I said, can we come visit you? He said, yes. So we went there. Mother opened the door. She was smiling, invited us in. The aroma of bread filled the house. And as soon as we sat down, she, she gave us this Arabic kind of bread. It was nice and hot. And then she pulled out another one. We talked to her. She let us pray with her. She received a Persian Bible from us. They will continue going back. I also have their number and their contact information to stay in contact with them. The whole camp going to that, that's just one, two, that's two days experience of what we experienced there in, there in Athens. And uh, even on the days where it didn't work out like we wanted it, they came out to be incredible days. I know that on these trips, lives were impacted, that we were speaking with that we were coming in contact with lives were being changed and I know in our case people who went their our lives were impacted I've been on these trips so many times but my life was impacted greatly I think maybe more than any other time by these mission trips so I am resolved for me that I'm going to make changes in my life I am going to be a more of a missional person in my life I'm going to be more focused on discipleship I am not going to let the distractions of I think of this country take me away from those first two things and I'm going to be a more hospitable person you would not believe the hospitality we received received on this trip from everybody the missionaries in Wanza the people out in the villages in Tanzania the people, the person we stayed with Turkey he wasn't even there he left his key with some shop holder and we had to go there and find it and he let us stay in His apartment, when he was even gone. In Cyprus, we stayed with this young lady uh, who we'd been in contact with. And then, uh, of course, in, in Greece, we had our own Airbnb. But the people in the camp or in other places, you wouldn't believe how they shared with us those days that we were there. And even on the way home, there was a missionary at one of the places we stopped over. Never met him before. He showed us incredible hospitality. I want to be a more hospitable person. You know, God is ascending God. And uh, one of my favorite passages in this case and one that impacted me when I was young and inspired me to go, to go and say yes was the, the great Isaiah passage, Isaiah 6, where Isaiah has this vision, this experience of God. And at the very end, God says, whom will I send? Who will go for us? And, of course, Isaiah says, what? Here am I. Send me. So God is ascending God. God. He is sending us, and in my prayer and hope, that, um, man, we'll have more people say yes. Yes, I will go. And there's going to be more opportunities. I'm hoping that starting soon, we'll double the number of opportunities that we're going to have for people going out, at least overseas. I'm hoping that soon we'll have, next time we do this, we'll go to Asia, we'll go to Central South America, we'll go to Africa, and we'll go to Europe. So you'll have the opportunities And you'll have opportunities around here too. I'm hoping that you will say yes and that God to the call for you to go for him. It may be today that you are here and um, there's another kind of call that you want to answer or you need to answer or to say yes to. And maybe that's to say yes to Jesus. If you haven't followed him, you haven't confessed his name and made that commitment to be his disciple and be baptized into him. Um, If that's your need today, or if you have other needs that you would like for us to pray for, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.